Welcome, everyone, to episode 20 of the RevCast. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm Pastor Bree. And I don't know if you uh, heard, but we were recording and I dropped something and it made a loud sound. Hopefully you didn't hear, but now if you did, you know what it was. Let's tell people what happens. You get mad at me when I tell uh, people what happens behind the scenes, and now you're going to do it. I, I went to grab a cloth for cleaning my glasses, and there was a highlighter on it, and it fell. Yes. <laughs> so if you wondered what that horrendous crash was, That's right. that was the uh, highlighter hitting the plastic table. <laughs> all righty then. Sheesh. So, uh, yeah, we are heading into, this is uh, going to be fourth Sunday in Lent we're coming up wow, to. Wow, already? I know. Wow. I, I sat down uh, to write my newsletter for the month of April, and it seems like at least the last few months when I've gotten to newsletter writing time, um, I want to start out with, boy, I can't believe it's blank already. Yeah. It's just flying um, by. We are we are already planning, uh, setting dates for our staff retreat, which was one of the first things I did after my official start date at Trinity was go on staff retreat. Mm-hmm. And it actually looks like it's going to take place that exact same week uh, hmm. in July. So, yeah, kind of kind of coming up on it. And that is it's just bonkers. I mean, it's awesome, but it's also so stinking fast. Yeah. Oh, all right. Speaking of sinking fast, um, uh, how kids grow up. Uh, so there's this really cool thing now with with uh, schools. It's it's a it's kind of a, a mixed blessing, where uh, the grades, uh, as soon as they get entered uh, into the computer by the teacher, the parent can see them. Uh, and they, you know, you can set alerts like if you're you have a if your child misses a class or is tardy, it'll tell you and. Uh, so my phone, uh, in the middle of staff meeting yesterday buzzes and it's the first time it's ever done this for Michaela. And it says her math grade, which previously was an A is now a D. Mm. And I'm like, oh, and Michaela, uh, there's a student way where students can see that too. And I'm, I know Michaela obsesses about her grades. That's not from us. That's from her. She, Mm -hmm. she wants the straight A's. And so I send her a message saying, that she can see at lunch on her phone. It's okay. Take a deep breath. It'll be okay. And she hadn't seen it. Ah. She texted me back at lunch. What are you talking about? I said, well, your, your math grade. And I sent her a picture of it. And she says, and this was perfect. She says, oh, dad, <laughs> there are 11 weeks left in the marking period. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> And this is the thing, is this entire school year, it has been me trying to convince her at the beginning of the marking period, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here she is, and she, she's like, it's going to be fine. That's um, a very mature response. Yes, I was so excited by and that. And the grade was up by the end of the day, too. Yeah, it, it was, was like the, some weird So So something. they only enter, I'm, I'm assuming the teacher goes through and reads, okay, I have this stack of things I have graded that I have to enter in, and they enter that in. And then then something comes up and they got to teach it's crazy you know and the other things don't get entered until later so i'm assuming that's what it was um yeah but it was it was just one of those i was so worried it was going to ruin the rest of her day yeah um and first she didn't know and even after she knew she had that very uh rational matured response which is uh kind of a bit of a turning a corner for michaela when it comes to stuff like that yeah 
I like that. Uh, and hey, before we get too much further, uh, like it or not, friends, it's back. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the hacks of life. The hacks of life. That's right, folks. It is the hacks of life. And that sound you heard, that big sound you heard, that was Bree's eyes rolling. Why? Why, Why are I, the life hacks back? I miss it. Really? I do. I miss it. So uh, so I was talking to somebody this morning about, about the podcast and like, oh, hey, how can I listen? And I'm like, well, you can go here, here, here. And I'm like, well, here, just take, take a listen. And I play, started playing last week's episode. And uh, like it just it was missing something. I don't listen back to these uh, very often. And so I'm like, oh, that began, it's missing something. Um, life, and so, life hacks is yeah. what you came up with. Well, we could we could return to uh, uh, on this week in history, but then you would have to, you know, provide the content. This week in Tudor history, I'm sure someone was beheaded. Yes. There you go. See, uh, and so we can do life hacks, and life hacks is just I have to pick up the book and look at a life hack. So, uh, life hack for uh, today. Uh, <laughs> I'm shaking my head. He can't look at me right now. It's okay because I can't look at him right now. Go ahead. That's right. You're gonna you're gonna like this life hack. No, I'm not. This is scientifically proven. Right. All right. So uh, life hack number seven hundred and one. Parents of seven to sixteen year olds can make their children behave in public by threatening to sing loudly. That's scientifically proven. I'm assuming if it's in the, it, if it's in the book, I'm assuming it's scientifically proven. Depends on the child, but I'm I suppose like, I don't think that there was a scientific study about that. I think that's more <laughs> anecdotally proven. Yeah, probably. I'm like Brayley. Brayley is seven. She's at that uh, low end of the age uh, age range, and I have a feeling if we said Brayley, you better behave, or we're going to sing really loud in public. Uh, she wouldn't care. She wouldn't care. Michaela would care. She would, Braley wouldn't care. Braley, Braley would be like, "All right, let's let's not talk about Bruno, or something to that effect." And Michaela would turn redder than her hair, uh, and uh, disavow any knowledge of who we are. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that's how that would go. So yeah, so that's your life hack for the day. Oh, sing, good. Sing in front of. Uh, oh, the best way that, of spreading was, Christmas uh, cheer is singing loud uh, for, for all, all to hear. hear. Yeah. Uh, so another story today uh, that happened. Uh, we had uh, we had a coffee hour at church. It was great talking with folks, uh, and the subject came up of of the tower room. Uh, those of you that have never seen a Trinity, um, and those of you that have, you'll know. Uh, but Trinity has this this big blocky tower at its main uh, main front entrance there, and uh, there are stairs that go up to that tower, and I've I've managed to get past some of the blockages to those tower stairs and I've gone up before but it's always locked uh, you just can't can't just go into the tower to the room in the tower and uh, I've been I found where the tower keys are I've just never done the whole I'm grabbing the tower keys and I'm gonna go up to the tower okay well trustees uh, had cleared out some of the excess pews that were in the way and so now it's an easier shot to get up to the tower and we were talking about this at coffee today and uh, uh, Matt Witkowski says, hey, you want to go up to the tower? <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. And so he grabbed the keys and we went up to the tower. This is a pretty awesome room. Yeah. Um, 
it is very cold right now because there hasn't been heat in it for years. Um, and you got to avoid uh, a couple little rat traps, uh, literal rat traps. Uh, and there's a closet in the room that uh, there's a stairway up to the very top of the tower. Mm-hmm. Or not a stairway, a, a ladder. Uh, and the in the bottom of the ladder on the floor, you can see all sorts of like guano and stuff. But the coolest, the coolest thing is uh, uh, the the carpet's all like patchwork, but intentionally so, and would would need to be removed if we ever wanted to use it again. But there is this big paneled mural um, that uh, that just highlighted um, were images. Uh, 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 silhouetted images of biblical stories. So you saw a silhouette of somebody sowing seeds, and you saw a silhouette of a boat on Galilee, and uh, and above it is the storm for when Jesus was uh, asleep in the in the in the bottom of the boat. Uh, and then on the other side of the boat, there is a net with a huge catch of fish, and just all of these different different ideas. And I'm and I'm just like this is just sitting up there, uh, and it's not it. And apparently it was designed a long time ago uh, by an artist in residence at Trinity uh, to to be a panel put out uh, each week, um, making this big mural in the front of the church uh, for a sermon series. That's cool. Uh, and I'm like, I want to I want to take that down and put it in front now, like today. But. Uh, you need to plan yourself a sermon series. Yeah, I got to plan myself a sermon series. So anyway, that was that was a really cool discovery. That was one of the places uh, in Trinity that I had not been yet. Um, there is, as far as I know, um, there is now only one room left that I have not been in, and it's the it's room the room of requirement. It's no, but <laughs> it's it's the room above the gym. Okay. That I have not been in yet, but I did find out today that it is it is. Uh, uh, currently the Boy Scout room. Not where they meet, but where they store their ah. their things. Uh, so, yeah. Interesting adventures. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Uh, yeah. So, uh, third, week of, third week of Lent, how, uh, how did your uh, sermon go? Oh, it was, you know, it was easy. I pretty much just phoned it in. It was uh, <laughs> such a... Such an easy scripture. That's right. No, it was it was a challenging scripture as we talked about last week. Um, I don't think that I did anything radically different from what we talked about when it came to uh, coming at Jesus uh, talking about these disasters that had happened and and saying these people weren't any worse than you, but this is an opportunity for you to repent lest you perish. Um, how we respond to disasters, wrestling with the question of bad things happening in the world um, and, and taking tragedies as an opportunity to, to look at how we're living and, and do we need to go in a new direction, which I think is kind of what I talked about last week. I don't think that I went crazy off the script. I'd have to listen to last week's though to know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a challenge though. It, it was a challenging that, scripture. That was, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at the lectionary ahead of picking out what I was doing because I was following uh, 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 Wondrous Encounters by Richard Rohr, which is where I chose things from. Um, but had had we come up against that in the lectionary, I'd have switched. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd have switched, uh, which is which is actually what happened this week. So this week, um, I was going to be off of lectionary again, uh, and you were going to continue you're continuing on lectionary i'm assuming correct yes. okay 
So, uh, so this week I go and I look at what I what I had from Wondrous Encounters, and it is uh, similar to yours last week. Yours was two kind of stories almost detached from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I had, uh, the Pricopy I picked out uh, from John, was three separate, uh, disparate uh, stories that none of them, when I went and, and read them, uh, none of them spoke to me for this week. Ooh. That's rough. Uh, and so thankfully, uh, I, I can fall back on the lectionary, uh, which uh, this week is is a story that uh, I'm pretty sure most folks are familiar with. It's it's kind of a uh, one that is out there in, in, in culture a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get to it. Uh, you want to you want to read? Sure. So this is from Luke chapter 15. I'll be reading verses 1 through 3 and then 11b through 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything." But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is a scripture for us this week. So, a consistent story, um, which I like. It all hangs together, is that what you're trying to say? It all hangs together, yes. Yes. 
uh, as opposed to here's a fig tree. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to let's let's try and connect these dots. Um, but yeah, so so this is this is one of those stories that uh, comes up most lengths um, because we're dealing with uh, this idea of uh, resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was lost and is found, was dead and is now alive. Uh, that that repentance, kind of thing. repentance. Uh, it, it hits all the major themes there. Uh, and here here is where where I've been at since I made the decision to switch to the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a difficult week to write. Yeah. Because this is one of those. Um, even though even though we're in a new church, new churches. This is our first Lent with these churches. It feels like I've preached all of this before. Mm. Um, so I'm I you know there I've I've got a couple ideas um, that might that might uh, might be okay, but it's I th- I think this is gonna be one of those weeks where I have a hard time. Uh, at least at least getting getting the train moving. Um, mm. So where where does your head go as this this particular Lent 2022 uh, all that's going on in the world where does your head go when you're uh, preaching the prodigal son Well I'll tell you where my head goes in a minute but first um, just before we started recording I was on Facebook I know um, <laughs> and I saw someone had posted to I don't know, the Michigan clergy group, one of those groups um, of the United Methodist Church saying, you know, I've been, I've been reflecting on the lectionary for this week. And this lectionary of someone saying, give me my inheritance, I'm going to go and make my own way. And if they came to themselves and came back, would we welcome them back with open arms? Which yes. I thought was an interesting commentary on what is happening in the church but it also makes me a little bit nervous. So it, if you're not familiar with what's happening in the United Methodist Church, we are, we are on the edge of a schism. Um, Such a apt, that uh, horrible word. Okay. Sorry. But yes, there are those who are demanding their inheritance, give us our property, give us our pensions, let us go off and, and start our own church. Um, and depending on the day, it's a different group of people who are demanding what is theirs to go sure. and, and start something new. So, so for what that is. Um, but I think what, what made me uncomfortable, the more that I sit with that metaphor, is it assumes that I'm in the seat of the older brother, which is not necessarily a comfortable seat to have, but is right. sort of a self-righteous seat to have, that I'm the one who has done everything right. I'm the one who has been on the right the whole time. I'm the one who has never strayed. Um, as opposed to admitting I may be the one that took my inheritance and left and made a mistake, that I may be the one who needs to come to myself. I think... Um, yeah, it, it's not a comfortable place to sit uh, if, if we are distinguishing between uh, the two sides of the, the, the schism with either brother. It's not a comfortable place to be. Yeah. The, uh, very often... I've, I've heard this parable preached through the lens of the older brother. Um, we are those who, who feel like, whether we have or not, feel like we've done the right things. We've, we've towed the line um, and are resentful of the grace that is offered to those who have not. Um, 
But I think where my mind goes this year is I'm curious whether we need to go back to recognizing that there may be part of us that's the older brother, but there's part of us that's the younger brother mm-hmm. that has strayed, that has gone where we should not have gone, that needs to come to ourselves. We need to have that looking at the pods that the pigs are eating moment and realize that God has more in store for us than what we have chosen for ourselves. That that grace that so offends us when it's offered to other people is offered to us as well. And what does it look like for us to accept that grace in our lives instead of saying, you know, I've never messed up. I don't need that. But acknowledging, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yes, I do. So that's it's not a very fully formed, but I think that I'm very uncomfortable right now with the casting myself as the older brother angle, which is interesting because I other times I've preached this and come down very heavy on the older brother and why are we so uncomfortable with the grace that is being offered yeah. to other people. But I yeah. think this year I'm drawn more to uh, we need to come to ourselves. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's the idea of uh, uh, needing to learn to forgive the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, of this... Uh, this grace thing um, is wonderful when you need it, but when you see somebody else receiving it, uh, you're you're not quite so sure. Yeah. Um. So, my my one big thought, uh, for for this week. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but I just, I I was I was whiteboarding some stuff in my office this morning, and heading down, and then. Like I had to run back and and write it down because I didn't, I, I didn't think I'd remember, uh, and I and I and I probably wouldn't have. But uh, oftentimes we do we, we with with parables we often cast ourselves as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the way we're we're supposed to read them is you know uh, there are three characters uh primarily in this story three main characters you got the father the the younger son who takes the money and goes and the older brother who stays mm-hmm. um and as as we're reading a parable of Jesus that has these three characters we should read it through imagining ourselves as each of the characters mm-hmm. and uh our responses right so so you have the father who uh sees the son from far off, which means the father uh, is waiting and watching and never giving up, never giving up and expecting. Uh, and you have the younger son in, in the coming to yourself, coming back to your senses. And then you have the older brother who, who is, is there, is faithful, uh, thinks that that should have uh, garnered him at least a party with his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you you have that piece, so you have all of those you can look at. What I'm what I'm toying with, the idea I'm toying with, is uh, not not entering into this as a character, but seeing the arcs of each brother as a different road. Okay. So, uh, and and it immediately brought to mind the road not taken by Robert Frost for me. Um, so the older brother, he chooses and continues to choose that same road. The younger brother chose the road not taken. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can do that with this because what, what the younger brother does, uh, in, in 
terms of context and culture is a road not taken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just wasn't done, uh, which is what makes this a, a, such a powerful story in its original context. Um, and so, so I'm toying with this idea of not, um, not so much we're one character or the other, but as we make choices in life, uh, we, we come to these two roads uh, where mm-hmm. we can make these choices. And with Robert Frost, we may never come back to that first road again. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, the, the point I think that comes across most for me uh, looking at it that way is that neither brother in the end um, of, of their particular path was satisfied, was content. Mm. Um, the, the brother that stayed, the older brother, uh, dreamt about all the things that his younger brother was doing and resented him. Mm-hmm. And the younger brother, while he's in the field, is dreaming about all the things that are back home, all the things the other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's, it's kind of a grass is greener kind of uh, idea in there too. But, but just this, this notion that um, the, the path that we're going to take, um, just because we choose it, uh, doesn't mean it's the right path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just because we choose it doesn't mean we can't go back. Uh, Robert Frost may say, "I'll never get back," because the way lay the way that way leads on to way kind of thing uh, may never get back. But but this this story takes that you have two paths to take uh, and says, "But you can't come back." Well, I think too, it's interesting that the two paths are so different. Oh yeah, they they diverge so dramatically, and yet they end up in the same place. Correct. They both end up back in front of the father. And how do they respond in that moment when they are being offered the opportunity to come into the party? And you can read into that parable, the meaning of the party, all sorts of things. Uh, Sure. Is this heaven? Is this the church? Is this (laughs) coming into God's God's good graces? Is what, what is the party? But uh, it's, it's clear that the party is, is where you want to be. And yet the brother who has done all the things right is refusing the invitation to the party because of who else is there. Yeah. And because it's not a party just for him, whereas the brother who has done everything wrong and comes home with his heart in his hand, uh, let me just let me just be a slave, let me work out in your fields, finds himself in the center of the party. But it's 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 interesting if you're talking about these two roads that they both end up in this same sort of moment of decision, depending upon the grace of the Father. Well, and there's, and I and I think I think part of it is, and this is where where I'm going to have to depart from, uh, dear old Robert Frost. Okay. Um, is that there? There, there's there's another choice, um, and I think it's the choice of the Father who does what the younger son asks, um, knowing that it's probably going to, knowing the hurt that it's caused, mm-hmm. and yet still being in the moment and finding the, finding contentment or 
fulfillment in the moment. Uh, still being hopeful that, that the, the younger son will come back. But also not allowing that, that pain uh, or that grief to turn into bitterness. Because uh, between the younger and the older, the younger son didn't take anything that belonged to the older brother. Didn't do anything really uh, against him as much as as much as against dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's something to to this. Sometimes when we think that there's this fork in the road and we just have to go down a path, um, sometimes it's okay to sit and be content in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least until we come to the point where we realize no matter which path we take, we are not guaranteed fulfillment. We're mm-hmm. not guaranteed anything uh, except that we can always come back mm-hmm. uh, if it turns out to be the wrong road. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, that's that's where my head's going. And it may just be going there because um, I... I want to make it harder because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do the, uh, the, the standard prodigal, uh, kind of sermon, but that's, that's kind of where my, where my head's at with that. Yeah. Actually, I think I wrote down some other things. I might've, it's kind of just, uh, burning through the dry erase marker this morning a bit. Um, Mike checks his notes. Yeah, I check. So I, I write stuff on my dry erase board, and then uh, I don't know if I'm back in the office office, uh, so I take a picture of it before I leave. Um, oh, yeah, so so the, the, the father being content uh, in, in the moment he's in, on understanding, paying attention, being mindful of the moment he's in, is able to appreciate the resurrection. The, the coming back of the son, the, the once was dead and, and now is alive, can appreciate that, whereas uh, the older brother can't. Uh, and the younger brother couldn't conceive of being anything uh, more than, than a hired hand. Um, the being, being in that moment and paying attention and, and mindful of life and all of its uh, uh, good, bad, and ugly... Uh, gave gave the father in this in this case the ability to recognize uh, the beauty and the power in this resurrection and to be able to celebrate it, mm-hmm. um, to be able to cast away all of that pain, all of that hurt, um, because of of that uh, that resurrection. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think. The difference for the older brother is there's this this implicit fear within us that there's not enough to go around, and so there's uh, scarcity. Angle, if yeah. I have to share dad with my brother again, if I have to share my inheritance, I mean we don't know how the details get ironed out. Yeah, what uh, what dad has in mind when it comes to taking care of this brother who squandered his inheritance, and what demands that may or may not place upon the older brother. Um, he may be afraid 
that he's going to lose what is his, even though he hasn't lost anything that was his, except maybe he thinks he should have had a fatted calf. But yeah. um, being afraid of losing, being afraid that that there's not enough room at the table, there's not enough room to go around, there's not you know, enough love in the father's heart. You know, there's also this element of... Um, so, so our girls, as far apart in age as they are, um, there are there are very much times when Michaela goes and you know uh, gets gets a snack, and Michaela uh, and Brayley gets a snack, uh, but Michaela knew there were uh, chocolate bars on the higher shelf, and Brayley didn't, and Brayley's you know stuck with a cookie and what she really but she didn't even know there were candy bars before she was happy with the cookie until she knew there was a candy bar is what i'm saying and so uh the older brother may have been perfectly may have never even thought to ask to say hey uh can i have friends over this weekend and we have a party and the father would probably said sure go ahead no problem yeah but didn't know he wanted it until he saw the brother had it yeah um and there's that there's that aspect to the thing too, um, and you know, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, uh, if the older brother stayed at home the whole time, how does he know what what the younger brother was up to? Uh, this you is, can imagine. This is this is long before Facebook, which is the point, right? He, mm-hmm. He's he's imagined all sorts of evil, mm-hmm. um, and but part of that uh, I think comes from. Uh, having to ask the question, what would I do if I had, you know what I mean? So there's 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 that aspect of it too that he's he's imagining the intentions of of his heart. He's projecting them onto his brother, mm. maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot here this week. It'll there be very really interesting is. to see how things actually shape up for us and where we end up landing. And I think I'm you're going to gonna laugh at me when I end up preaching about the older brother, aren't you? Yeah, Just probably. because I said that I wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to laugh at me when I switch back to John. You're not going to switch <laughs> back to John. I'm not switching back to John. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Oh. I, I, love, I love this story because there is so much there. Uh, there's a lot of depth, and it is ultimately... Ultimately, it is about forgiveness. It is about inclusion. It is about uh, uh, welcoming back even those who have hurt you in the worst, in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I read that uh, that that reflection on the Michigan clergy uh, thing you mentioned. I I did I did see that earlier today. Um, and and yeah, we have wherever you put yourself in there, it's. It's uncomfortable, and I don't think it's I don't think it's right. But posing posing that question and applying it, uh, uh, at least to, to where I where I sit, um, I would hope uh, that that there would be celebration in a return. Mm-hmm. Um, because I read this and I do, I I tend to identify most with the older brother, mm-hmm. right up until he gets mad at at dad, <laughs> right up until he gets mad at dad. I identify with the older brother. I I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, there's 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 a whole lot of good. Mm-hmm. 
to to be said for um, sticking close to home and helping out the family and and just thinking of the agrarian society that it was and all of those things. There's there's a lot to that um, that ticks the boxes of this is the good thing. This is the right choice. Right up until it becomes a matter of uh, you see the resentment that built over however long the younger brother was gone. You see that resentment that built to the point that uh, a homecoming could not be appreciated. Maybe we're not supposed to be the brothers. Maybe we're supposed to be one of the servants who when the father says, go and fill the, kill the fatted calf, we go and kill the fatted calf and don't worry about who is or isn't invited to the party. We just make sure that the party's happening and, and do what we've been asked to do. I like that. You kill the fatted calf, I'll be the DJ. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I, think, I think if we modernize both of those, it's you order the pizza and I'll, I'll be the DJ. Okay. That better? Sure. <laughs> It bothers you just as much to think about calling and ordering a pizza yes, as it does. It does. I'm as such does, an introvert. As it does to kill the fatted calf. <laughs> Can I order uh, online? <laughs> but what if you disturb them? <laughs> Shut up. Oh, all right, folks. Well, uh, I think I think it's going to be very interesting to see where we end up this week. Yeah, I really do. All right, well, thank you for joining us uh, for this uh, Prodigal Son edition of the RevCast. <laughs> uh, come back next week. Return like the Prodigal next week to see uh, or show up on Sunday or watch the live, live streams and see where we end up. Yes. Uh, hopefully hopefully it's in a good spot. Uh, uh, hit us up on, on the socials. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. All of those different things you can do to help us uh, boost the algorithm. Uh, and, you know, until next time, I'm Pastor Mike. I'm still Pastor Bree. And remember, God loves you. There's nothing anyone can do about it. Peace. Peace.